Welcome to the Presentation Boss Podcast. I'm Kate Norris. I'm Thomas Craft. And we're here to help you plan, design, and deliver your best presentation. It's episode 47 of the Presentation Boss Podcast, and despite the fact the last, I don't know, three months this country has tried to burn itself, it's raining at the moment, which is nice. It's actually been raining for about a month now. So hopefully that noise doesn't come through too much. Uh, happy days if it does, because I think like rain noise is meant to be relaxing for people. It also probably doesn't have, you know, two people talking over the top of it. I think it's got to be by itself, yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, well, people aren't soothed by this voice. The dulcet tones of oh Thomas. <laughs> the slightly nasally in Australian accent. Uh, <laughs> today, what we're talking about is presenting on video. So we know that there is such a big movement, so much consciousness and awareness around the power and the importance of using video in the current media climate. So this is for all sorts of things. This is whether you're running your own business like we are, Mm. whether you are building a personal brand online, maybe that's for an internal organization. A lot of job applications require video now. Or maybe you just want to do it because so many people are doing it and you want to get on board. Yeah. (laughs) I think it is the way of the future. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, like in in LinkedIn and Facebook, when you're scrolling through various groups around your own personal interests and hobbies and that sort of thing, so many posts are just people pick up their phone and just shoot a video because it's a little bit easier. It's a little bit more personal than if they were to type out a text post or or whatever the alternatives are. You just, it's becoming such a thing, isn't it? Yeah. And it's so much more consumable. You can sit there and watch a video. You don't have to sit there and read it. You can Mm. kind of well, I mean, for me, I multitask. If I'm like washing <laughs> up, I have my phone there watching videos, all those menial tasks. <laughs> so today we don't want to get too bogged down in anything to do with like the technical equipment aspects of video too much. Yeah. We also don't want to get too much into like the benefits of video for business. Um, that's sort of a little bit... It's a whole conversation in itself. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're really talking today is about how do you present, do the words into the camera when you've got the video running. That's really what we want to talk about today. Having said that, there's two big reasons we're aware of that you would want to use video for. Mm -hmm. The first one is it breaks through the no like and trust barrier quite rapidly. Because people get to see you, and it's not just a photo or a, a gallery, but they can see what you look like, how you move, sort of, it's one step away from sitting across a table having a cup of coffee with you when you can see somebody, right? Yeah, you get to actually see their personality. Yeah, and of course, hear them, how they talk, the excitement in their voice when you talk about something. And when you know somebody, it's so much easier to like somebody. You make a judgment based on what you see and hear around, hey, I like what this person is saying, or you you don't like them. Uh, (laughs) And because you've got somebody who you can see, who you like, it starts to build that trust because you've got somebody who, when it's video, you you feel like you know them a little bit. And, you know, like I I watch a fair bit of online video, you know, YouTube stuff. Mm. It's sort of one step extra on top of podcasts. And you see people all the time talking to you and you start to build that sort of weird little one-sided friendship where you feel like you know somebody Uh, I have so many YouTube friends. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And podcast friends are a bit the same, but video is certainly a step up on that. It's like, they wouldn't know me if they, you know, walked into me, but I know who they are. Yeah. I know them, I like them, and I trust them. So then the other reason is about creating a personality. And this is kind of what I touched on earlier about building a personal brand. Mm. 
And there's so many reasons why you would build a personal brand. And I'm actually going to direct you back to an earlier episode, and I can't think of what number it was off the top of my head, but it was with Petra Zinc. And we talked about building a personal brand and how much that can do for your career, but also any sort of hobbies or any interests that you have in life. If you want to get a little bit more involved in it, having a personal brand is really helpful for that. It breaks you out of the normal. Yeah. And obviously, professionally, there's endless benefits to having a personal brand because it breaks you out of being just another whatever it is that you do. Because I got thinking about personal brand just recently because I do a bit of volunteering. Um, I go and do like a marine plastic cleanups, which is exactly as glorious as it sounds. I get very muddy and I go hang out with people on boats uh, and we pull like plastic chairs out of waterways. Um, it's, it's a cause I believe in, right? But I realized when we do big community events, I do have a personal brand that I've sort of consciously created. Yeah, right. Uh, which is... It's hard work and there's people who don't love being muddy, but, they, you know, they're going along because it's, <laughs> <Hello. laughs> it, it, it's a cause they believe and they want to do something. So I've developed this brand where I have a bit of a relationship with the guys who run it. Um, and so we're always having a little bit of a joke, having a bit of a giggle on the boat ramp or wherever. And people sort of just take notice. I always make sure that I'm like having fun. So I'm like, you know, jumping in the mud with people and like, hey, look, I'm muddy up to my ears. How about you? You're having fun. Isn't this great? Cool. Well, you know, and helping out however that is. So just that little bit of a brand that, hey, who's this guy who has a really good reputation with the organizers who's clearly having fun, even though this is a very muddy situation. And people... I, think, I think you actually hit the nail on the head there. You said reputation. It's mm. your reputation. Yeah. And, and you pe- can build that and you can control that a little bit when you consciously build your own personal brand. Yeah, people just sort of notice you. Uh, and yeah, that, that's a silly little hobby thing that I do. It's not a professional thing, but, you know, the same the same rules apply that it gets you noticed, gets your reputation. Hmm. All right, so let's get into it. Let's start with how do you engage your audience, which of course is going to be the most important thing here. So the question that comes up all the time is what do you talk about on a video? And like every other presentation, we say over and over and over You must have a message. You must have a reason for talking. You can't just get up there and start talking (laughs) with no purpose. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You must have a message. It doesn't have to be a life-changing message, but it definitely needs to have a purpose. You need to provide value to someone else. And it might be something like, I did a thing today and I'm telling you about it because maybe you'll be inspired to do that thing. Or maybe just there's a lesson to be learned here. Like a tiny small lesson it might be. Yeah. Because we often say life is too short to make all of the mistakes yourself. You've got to learn from other people. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So that is absolutely number one. That is not unique to video. That is every single presentation that you will ever do must have a message. And we have a previous episode on how to uh, find and refine your message. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Hmm. So then once you've got your message, you still need to have a plan. You still need to have a little bit of an outline of what you're going to speak about. Because this is where confidence comes from. Confidence comes from knowing what you're going to talk about and knowing that you have a message to share. So much nervousness we see arises from this lack of preparation. People don't know what they're going to say. And we know that we are generally not amazing in the moment. So there's so much extra stress about like, oh, the camera's rolling and I need to think about what it is I'm going to say and where am I going to land So if you have that plan and you know exactly what it is that you're going to say when that little red light comes on, so much more calmness and confidence will just result because you know what you're going to say. Yeah. I'm a big fan of writing it down, just doing a quick little outline. Yeah. Because 
it's all very well to think like I can remember it. I know my content really well, but the pressure that comes on <laughs> when the camera starts rolling. Mental blank. Yeah, completely. Completely. So I personally need the little prompts, even if that's just one or two dot points that just reminds me what I'm going to talk about and make sure that I get to my message and I don't just start rambling really helps me. I was talking to a friend literally today and she was on um, on a video podcast and she said to me that she'd got the questions in advance and she'd made a couple of dot points about what each of her answers was going to be, but then found uh, she was surprised that she never actually referred to those dot points or what she'd written down when the camera was actually rolling and that she'd learned that it was so much a process of just she had thought about it in advance and therefore knew kind of what she was going mm. to say. Just the act of going through and outlining what it is you're going to say gets your order, uh, gets your thoughts all sort of into a bit of an order and you may not necessarily actually need those notes when the camera's rolling. But just the act of thinking about it prior, yeah. Yeah, outsourcing your thinking to when you're not in the moment. Mm. So let's talk about the first couple of seconds of your video because I believe that these are the most important. Totally. When it comes to engaging your audience... You've got a couple of seconds for them to understand why they want to keep listening or watching you. So you've got to make the most of them. And I'm going to start by telling you my absolute pet peeve. These are always good. (laughs) (laughs) And that is people who do Facebook lives and they spend the first two or three minutes saying hi to everyone. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I do not want to continue watching. Where they're like, oh, hey, oh, Sally's joined us. Hi, Sally and Steve. Hey, Steve, how you going, Steve? That. Yep. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. Get to the point, please. (laughs) Your first couple of words need to be powerful and they need to be clear so people know what they're going to get and then they're more inclined to keep watching. So the first two questions that you need to answer straight away is why should my audience care about this and why should they continue to listen? Only when you've got somebody's attention do you have any hope of actually communicating with them, right? And so Mm -hmm. you need to do something that is interesting to get interest. And that doesn't mean like something that you think is interesting. It's something that your audience will think is interesting. Hmm. And you know what? Honestly, this is actually applicable to every single presentation. Again, it's Mm -hmm. not unique to video. So I, I don't want to go into today in depth about introductions or the first couple of words, even though we could. Like I said, that's not unique to video, so I want to I want to stay out of that for the moment. Yeah, but if you can answer those two questions, why should my audience keep listening and why should they care? You're on a good start. Hmm. One thing I want to address, though, is about being consistent. I think it's an easy trap to fall into, and I certainly have before myself, where I've done a video at my desk in my office. It's my study at home. But then I've done that, and there's a real temptation to think, well, I've done that now. Maybe next time I need to choose a new location to film, like switch it up a little bit, be a little bit creative. And it's a really easy trap to fall into to try and be creative and different each time. But mm. you really don't need that. I would say find a style and stick to it for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first is building familiarity with your audience and trust because they get to see, well, my office over and over. Yeah, it's familiar. It's It's easy. It's less cognitive load for them to wonder, ooh, where is she today? Yeah. And the second thing is it helps me feel comfortable because I know where I am. And it just lets filming become quicker and quicker because I know where to put the camera. I know where I need to sit. I know what light looks the best. You don't need to start that entire process every time. 
in that on, on making filming quicker is it removes you having to think about like, ah, oh, well, I'm not going to do my office. Where could I do? Uh, I'll do it in the lounge, let's say. So uh, where's this need to be? Is it tidy? Like, do I need to clean up? How does this all look like? It removes so much like just decision fatigue and creative energy being wasted mm. on trying to get all creative and different with each and every video. Yeah. So why don't we jump in and basically tackle the presentation elephant in the room, which is it can be confronting to do a video, to present a video. Mm. Because you get to see yourself back, people feel uncomfortable, it's on the internet forever, and basically just people don't feel great when they start making videos that are going to end up somewhere on the internet, right? So we're going to talk about how to both look and feel great on camera, which is going to help you to feel confident, and the tips and tools that that we know that work that are going to give you basically the best chance at feeling confident when you press record. And being really proud of the product that you create. So let's start with before you're on camera. So the physical space and what you're wearing. Yep. First thing to wear is something that you feel comfortable in. Because if you're trying to hold your body to stop your shirt moving in a particular (laughs) way or you just don't feel comfortable, that's going to show on camera. Yeah, a decent t-shirt works for me a lot of the time. Yeah. So then in terms of choosing an outfit, after comfort, the basic rule is you want to stand out from the background. So if you are in an office space, maybe you've got some bland walls, some kind of nice beige walls going (laughs) on, (laughs) you can afford to wear something that's a little bit brighter, maybe some patterns, something that's really going to contrast really nicely with that plain background. But if you've got a busy background, maybe you're outside, maybe there's bookshelves, a whole lot of desk stuff going on. If you wear patterns or bright things, you run the risk of blending into the background. So just it's worth being aware of what's in your background and wearing something to contrast. When I'm at my desk, I generally try and wear something that's a little bit more of a block color because there's a computer and my stationery, my printer. I've got some prints on the wall, that sort of thing. So I like my clothes to be just a little bit more of a block color, I guess. And like we said, it's like every presentation you give, if you're presenting on a stage that has a black curtain as a backdrop, a black suit will disappear into it. Yeah, and you become just a little head. A little floating head, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So again, just contrasting from the background. Yeah. And there's such a huge difference between when we have office days, we're at home, which means we can write blog posts, we can do podcast editing, workshop creation, marketing. We can do all of that basically in our underwear if we want. (laughs) We don't have to get out of our pajamas If we're working from home. If we want. That's an emphasis on that. Often I want to. (laughs) But when you're on video, you need to make an effort to look neat and clean. The way I think about it is I want to make a good representation of myself and my business. That's, That's really a question of like, what are the values and what's the image that you're going for with your business and yourself? Like I said, often a tidy t-shirt works for me if I'm doing something a little bit casual. Sometimes I'm in my suit. Yeah. That's up to you. For me personally, this is purely a personal thing. I find a little bit of eyeliner helps me. Like I like to have on-camera makeup and the big difference between my kind of day makeup and my camera makeup is eyeliner because that works for me. Yeah, I've not really done eyeliner particularly myself. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really important to look neat and clean. Start there. Start with neat and clean. Yeah, totally. Okay, so that's what you wear. But I want to stay with what you do before camera. 
and talk more about the internal body side and what you actually have to do body-wise to prepare. I highly recommend that you think about what you eat before you start making a video. There's two things to kind of really avoid if possible. And we have the same thing with podcasts. We try and avoid dairy and sugar. Well, to be fair, I, I avoid sugar all the time, but dairy for sure. Yeah. Now, the reason this is, is because both of them increase saliva production. And while you want to be well hydrated, you don't want mouth noises yeah. there. You can actually hear yeah. when you've got too much saliva. And it can actually give you an irregular speaking pattern because you become quite conscious of it and you try to kind of overcome it and it, and it can sound unnatural. And again, like every, it, treat it like any other speaking presentation. Like I know, I think it was yesterday, I had a phone call early in the morning and I was still finishing my coffee when I made the phone call and it's it sends my vocal cords all gammy and like three times I had to mute the phone so I could like cough and clear my throat and it was just... It gave me an irregular speaking rhythm and it just annoyed me. It just broke me out of the conversation those couple of times. Mm. Um, and, you know, when you're on video and you're trying to get something done, get it filmed, you don't want to be like having several takes at it. You want to get it done as quickly as possible. Yeah. So have a glass of water. That'll definitely help. <laughs> Good idea from the guy who's actually currently holding a glass of water. Yes, we've always got water going on here when we're podcasting for that exact reason. No mouth noises. You're welcome. The other thing to do with voice is do a little bit of vocal warm-up. Uh, you can go back and listen to the speech breakdown we did with Julian Treasure. He talked about some vocal warm-ups that you can do. We also had a conversation with Elisa James, who is a voice coach, and again, some tips in there. But really, do those couple of warm-ups that you would hopefully normally do when you're giving a presentation to get your mouth and your vocal cords moving, and kind of just get your brain into gear a little bit as well. And uh, like didn't happen with me on the phone call, is it just clears your voice out nice and clear, ready to present into a recording. Yeah, it just basically means less stumbling when you're on camera. Uh, but yeah, all right. So let's uh, let's pretend that we've uh, done our outline, we've done our preparation, and we're in front of the camera and we're about to hit record. Okay, something I want you to be conscious of is, again, about your background. It's really tempting to stand right up against a wall or really hard up against whatever's behind you. But you really need to create just a little bit of distance between you and your background, kind of at least a meter. It just looks a bit better when you're literally standing out from the background. Yeah. And if you can, use good lighting. So this does not mean expensive lighting. It just means thinking about the lighting that you're in. Maybe this means an artificial light. So a really easy way to go here is to be opposite an open window because it gives you full sunlight without it being direct. It's just, it's just sort of a nice, diffused, natural light. It works really well if the artificial lighting is just not going to work for you. Hmm. And if you do want to invest a couple of dollars, LED lights are really good and they're often really portable. I've got a really nice ring light that works nicely. You can put your phone in the middle. You might have seen some of them and it just gives a really nice gentle light on your face. But it certainly doesn't need to be expensive. I think my ring light was like 40 bucks on eBay. So if you want to spend that, absolutely go for it. Otherwise, yeah, like we said, the open window. Happy days. Yeah, have a look what you look like in the camera and adjust as necessary. Hmm. Something that we see that kind of niggles me a little bit is when somebody's put the camera like on their desk to record or they're holding it and their arm gets tired and you end up with this very much like view up into somebody and you kind of get the double chin effect going on and you can see up their nose a little bit. Uh, it's really not flattering, right? Mm. So something to be very aware of is to make sure that your, your camera or your phone, whatever it is that you're recording on, is at your eye level 
or very slightly above your eye level. And the reason is it's giving an eye-to-eye -eye view of you. It makes sure that your chin is raised and improves your posture and people kind of can't see up your nose anymore. Mm. If you need a way to get your camera up sort of above desk level or something, if you've got a tripod, go for it. Uh, if you don't, you can kind of honestly go pretty ghetto and just like a bookshelf or a stack of books, kind of whatever you've got that you need to like put your phone up there and make sure that it's to your eye level when you're sitting or standing, then just make it do, make it do. Yeah. I've used my ironing board in the past. Yeah. Oh, yep. That works. Okay. The last on-camera trick. This is something that I really, really struggle with. And that is I need to make a really big effort to not look bored or tired or drunk. <laughs> Are you often bored, tired, and drunk when making videos? No. There's something about the camera. It seems to really wipe away a lot of expression. And I'm not sure why that is. I'm not sure why you don't get as much expression come through on a camera. <laughs> if you do know, email us podcast at presentationboss.com. Yeah. <laughs> but it just does. It just does. And I know we recorded an episode just last week with a guest on Zoom and She's someone that I'm so excited to have recorded with and I was loving the conversation so much. And Thomas said to me, he said, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm loving this. Why? Because <laughs> you just looked so bored, if not like annoyed. <laughs> but I wasn't. I was so engaged. It was your concentrating face, right? <laughs> it was. And there's something about the camera that just wipes away expression. So you do need to make a little bit more of an effort to smile, to look more engaged, to actually look alive. It takes effort. And when you're presenting on camera before you start, you do need to have a little bit of a checklist to run through. And I know we talked about this with Julian Mather. Mm. Um, but the big one was on that checklist have smile. Because you actually kind of have to tell yourself, because you've been sort of faffing around with the camera and the lights and sort of thinking about your script, you have to make that effort now to go, right, now I'm talking to people, I need to smile properly. Yeah, that's it, because you go from concentration face. Which for you, as we just said, looks annoyed. It really does, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So why don't we talk about how to feel more comfortable when you're presenting on camera and how to gradually get better over time. Because... Mm. We get it. If if you maybe even feel like you want to start filming, you just don't want to be on camera because you're too uncomfortable. We've got a few hacks here that help you feel a little bit more comfortable on camera. And honestly, so much of this comes from you've got to get going before you get good. Yeah, it's a common sentiment. And it's absolutely one of our business mottos is just start and then start improving. Don't try and make everything perfect before you begin. You need to just start. Yeah. You need time on your feet to improve this skill. Yeah. So our number one tip there is the most annoying tip in the world. Because <laughs> it's the same tip we have for how to get good at presentation skills too. You got to do it. Yep. You got to just do it. Yeah. And honestly, the first time you do a video, especially that first take that you, you might mess up, it's going to probably not be, it's not going to be the next Spielberg classic, right? Like, it'll be you, it'll be human, and it will have some issues. And like some of our early videos we look back on, and they're a bit cringeworthy knowing what we know now. And oh, absolutely. Having, having built those skills, but you've just got to start. You're not, you're not going to improve those skills if you're not practicing them. Yeah. And at first, of course, you're going to pick yourself apart. You're going to pick up everything that annoys you about yourself. <laughs> you really are your yeah. own worst critic, eh? But I really promise... The more you do, 
the less you see. You'll stop seeing yourself. You'll stop being so critical of yourself and you'll start to see yourself as just another person. I think a really good example here is most people that we speak to about presenting on video hate the sound of their own voice because it, because it sounds different to you know when it's transmitted through your own head and all that. I was about to say that I don't hate my own voice, but I remember I used to. I remember feeling like my voice was too low. I really hated it. And now I can happily listen back to a podcast and it doesn't bother me. It's it's just my voice. It, it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable at all anymore. Yeah, I mean, that was exactly my point is, I mean, we're now 40-something episodes this podcast in. You know, that's a lot of hours of listening back to myself and editing and hearing all of my own ums and whatnot. And yeah, I'm so numb to it now. Mm. It, I'm just, it's like, oh, that's my voice. It's just, oh, I recognize that's my voice and I have no feeling about it whatsoever. Yeah, it you just do is. get to that point, hey? Yeah. But to begin with, yeah, absolutely. Those first few business videos that we shot, oh, yeah, it's it's unpleasant. And you kind of just got to push through it, but you've got to start. Just do it. Get into it. I read a quote the other day from Brendan Bouchard, who I, I really love his stuff. And his quote was, nobody's afraid of starting something. What they're afraid of is being seen to be starting small. And I think it does actually help to know that everybody has those same kind of hang-ups and fears and discomforts. Number two, I mean, we've kind of already touched on this, but it is to practice. You've got to do it a bunch of times. You've got to have time on your feet to build this skill and to become comfortable and better at it. One of the ways that we um, we improved is probably a little bit unconventional, but it really works and I would advocate for it, which is both Kate and I are on Snapchat. And so whenever we had an idea or a thought or something we wanted to update each other on, instead of making a phone call or sending a text, we would pick up Snapchat and shoot a really quick video to the other person. I mean other than the fact that the other person gets to watch it when they want. But it just got us used to speaking into a camera, having a concise thought and message to convey, because you've only got a limited amount of time, however many seconds it is, a minute or something, and and used to just really being on camera and knowing that that's going to somebody else. So it was a bit of maybe a a non-conventional way of going about it, but it really is just about that practice. So, you know, if, if that's something that you can do, which is maybe every day, sending, whether it's a Snapchat video or even a messenger, like a Facebook messenger video or something to a friend or um, to a spouse or to a loved one, just to get you a little bit into that habit. Another one can be even doing like Facebook or LinkedIn lives. If you just want to do like one of those per week. And again, it may not start great, but we're going to start somewhere and just get used to presenting on video. Mm. Because we know that the more that you do, basically regardless of the medium, whether it's Snapchat, Facebook, LinkedIn, you name it, the more comfortable you're going to become. But we know that starting somewhere that was a little bit lower stakes, like Snapchat just to one or two other people, just reduces the stakes, takes the pressure off and gets you used to presenting on video. Yeah. Send it to your mum. She's always kind. (laughs) Send it to your (laughs) mum. Number three is roll with mess ups. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it will take me 14 false starts before I really get into a video. And the more dramatic that you are when you stuff up, the more tedious it becomes. And by dramatic, it, it becomes that negative self-talk, like where you've, you've made a mistake, like, oh, this is really difficult. I'm not going to be able to do it. This is such a struggle. I've got half half of my script to go. That negative self-talk can really get in your head. Mm. So the way to get around this then is if you stuff up, just stop for a couple of seconds, take a breath, and start again. It just reduces the time that it takes 
stops it being so tedious. And remember, you can edit video together. Yeah. It's really common if you look at any YouTube videos of people who vlog and that sort of thing. They snip together hundreds of videos sometimes. Our podcast has many edits, some of which you probably have noticed before, some of which you probably won't. (laughs) But on that, I I follow a YouTube channel I've been watching for years and years, and they edit out all of their breaths because, I mean, that's part of their brand. Uh, But it's very clearly lots of little bits of video snipped together. Looks fine. All right, number four on the tricks list is to make a couple of notes. So there are going to be a couple of things that you do that you simply do not like. Maybe you'll have a nervous habit. I certainly had a nervous habit of touching my hair. Oh, yeah. So this is a straight up public speaking skill of first being conscious that you're doing something and then learning to tackle it. So first of all, watch yourself back, pick up anything that you do that you do not like and write it down. And I like to write it down on a sticky note because then you can put that sticky note right next to your camera. So I would have a note next to my camera that said, don't touch your hair. (laughs) Because I needed that physical reminder. Otherwise, it would just happen out of habit. And then I'd watch the video back later on and be like, ah, I was touching my hair again. Whereas if the note was there, it reminded me at the time. But by the same token, I think you've got to embrace any little quirks. If it's really annoying, you absolutely work on getting rid of it. But sometimes you just got to embrace your quirks. If it's not distracting, and if it's part of who you are, then that's fine. And like I said, if there's something that you really hate, sure, make an effort to slowly fix it. But don't wait until everything is perfect before you start. You have to start and then improve. Which I feel like we've said a million times, but it is so much something that people struggle with. They wait until they're ready before they start and you are never ever ready yeah okay so flowing on from that number the last thing we want to say is basically to embrace who you are and be yourself the most important thing that you're doing on video is that you're showing up so you're showing up in front of your audience who it is that you want to speak to and delivering them a message but it's just a case that you're being seen that you're being heard that they're going to start to know like and trust you that's really the big thing here It's not beating yourself up over those small quirks that can sort of become a bit consuming, but just be yourself and get started. So those five that we just ran through, the first one, uh, we've beaten it quite a bit, which is to just do it, get started, get going, and then get good. Second one was to practice, start with some lower stakes stuff if you're able, uh, and set yourself some goals around showing up on video. Number three, Kate talked about rolling with the mess ups and just taking time to be calm whenever it is that you make a little bit of a bit of a boo-boo. We then talked about making notes for yourself about the things that you would like to improve over time. And number five is to embrace who you are and just show up in front of your audience. So all of we've talked about, we've made some assumptions, which is that you do not need an expensive camera, fancy software, a studio or anything crazy and over the top. Remember we said the most important thing is just that you're showing up in front of your audience and and starting to build those relationships. So really the assumption here is, and and we know that it's very possible that you're filming on a smartphone. If you have any recent phone, it is completely adequate to do filming on. Maybe you have a tripod and a phone holder, or like we said, you could be, you know, go in the bookshelf and pile, of books, pile yeah. of books right out. Yeah, it totally works. An external microphone can be a relatively cheap investment if this is something that you want to do a lot of, or maybe you're doing things like webinars and uh, online courses, something you want the sound to be just that next step better. But also it's certainly not needed when you get started because the native microphone in your phone can be perfectly adequate. Lights, if you have them, 
um, use them. If not, we had we were talking about the open window and a video editing app. There's free stuff available online and free apps. Just have a look at what might work for you. If you really want to get into a little bit of the psychology around the business of videos, we recommend you go back and listen to episode 11, where we spoke to Julian Mather from Get Video Smart. And his whole message is around making smartphone videos for your business. He's an ex-cinematographer for like National Geographic and some really big names. But now he's all about using smartphones to make business videos that are professional, that express you and your business. It's a really interesting conversation. I recommend going back and listening to it if you haven't already anyway. Yeah, so as always, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. There's a few links down in the show notes this episode. but Yeah. But really what we're getting at here is presenting on video is in many, many ways, no different to any other presentation. It takes preparation, it takes authenticity, and it's a skill that you can work on. But we hope today we've given you a few tips and tricks that give you a fast track into confidence to getting started and getting better with your online videos. Thanks for listening to today's show. Head to presentationboss.com.au slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes for this episode, all other episodes, and other free resources. If you have any other topics you'd like us to discuss, email us at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. We're always happy to hear your suggestions for future episodes. Most importantly, we rely on you to share the information in this podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please recommend us to a friend. Or we'd love for you to give us a review on iTunes. It helps more people find us. Have a great week. Katsu, I'm going to pat you and then boot you, okay? Can't boot him. Come here, come here. Future Thomas doing the editing. I need to point out in the blooper that, yes, a cat walked in and I threatened to boot him. What I meant by that was I was going to, like, pat him and then take him out of the room. Like, boot him out of the room. At no point was I going to kick a cat, just to clarify. I was never kicking a cat. He's lovely, but he likes to purr a lot and rub up against things, including the microphone. In no way does the Presentation Boss podcast condone animal cruelty or even kicking of Kate's cats.